Blog Talk Radio. And hello, hello, hello. This is Helena Steiner Hornstein talking to you with my show, Our Wondrous World. This world so full of wonders. Well, it's been a little while since I was with you, but you know, this is summertime, vacation time, and um, everyone has been all over the place, and now you're getting to be back in your homes and back at work again. So welcome back, everyone. And I hope to hear from you. I love to receive your feedback, and I'm actually amazed that you are so faithfully listening to me through the years, and in between that you call me for long-distance consultations. So, um, you know, this with the long-distance consultations, that's kind of new when you and you had done it for a few years and I did before anyone else because everything is energy and you don't actually have to sit in front of a person to be able to read or see that person psychically. You do that even better long distance. I feel I do it even better long distance because when you're in front of me, there might be something that not irritates me, but that gets my attention over the psychic uh, vibrations. And it could be just that you're dressed in a different way or you're wearing a hat or you're wearing glasses or... I feel your tie is not matching the rest of you and things like this. So I feel you're better off doing a long-distance session with me. And uh, my um, the way you can reach me that way is to my email, dr for Dr. Helena, my first name, info, short for information, dr Helena info at yahoo.com. And my website is speakingtoyourheart.com. And I also have body-soul connection that is so old and it simply wants to stay where it is. I keep on wanting to change it and something happens and it stays where it is. So uh, it's going to be changed. I promise you that. It has been on its way a couple of times, but we will get there eventually. (laughs) So... um, For new listeners, I am what you call a psychic healer. And um, I've been that for a long, long, long time. I don't even know what that means too much because this is what people have told me that I am. Uh, I um, have this gift that I can see through the dimensions and I detect what was or what is wrong with a person or a situation. And then somehow, psychically, I, I say I in, in quote signs, because it's really not me, it's channeled to me. I put things back in balance again. And this is very hard to believe for a newcomer. Of course, absolutely is it hard to believe, because there's no human logic to it. None at all. How could this be possible? Because we human beings want to see things for ourselves. We want to have everything explained to us how it happens. But as Einstein says, it is the result that counts. Who cares how good results got there? 
know, it's like a cook cooking a really delicious meal and serve this to, to the people. And it's absolutely wonderful. It looks good. It tastes great. And now the people ask the cook, how did you, can we have the recipe? How did you make this? Give us the recipe, please. And the cook would say, oh, I just put this and that together. And, you know, it, it felt good to add some onions. And then I took some more pepper. And, you know, I added this green stuff. And, you know, it came out well. And this is how this work is. You just work intuitively. My mother used to tell me that, well, you are an artist. So you are in the habit of creating something. And that's why you are such a good cook, because those people stand there and follow a recipe to the point that's hard to do, and it doesn't ever get that personality somehow. But when you do it your own way, it turns into creation. And creation is the beginning to good results. So this is maybe how I can get into today's subject. How to make a relationship a good one. How do I make a relationship a good one? Well, isn't that the question for just about everything? You meet someone and you have all that rapport and you feel, oh, we can do this together. If it's a business deal or a journey or if it's you know, a love relationship or commitment in some way or the other, how can we do this? You know, everything is a co-creation. Everything is a, in life is a dialogue. It's back and forth. Relationships are personal. Or they can be business relationships. But they're always, always somehow involved with you, yourself. The foundation... One of the foundations, the big foundation is, originally, the relationship has to start within you, with yourself. So here you give and you receive. That's how it is in life. You give more. You receive more. You give of the good. You receive good. You give negative you receive negative. This is just logic. It's a basic principle of togetherness. I see relationships like a building of a pyramid. Imagine a pyramid. You have the base and you have, you know, go up and it gets thinner, you know, towards the top. And the wide base of the pyramid is... The world, the whole world. We are all on this planet in a partnership, all together somehow, and we have to make it together. And this is something that we will see more of in the future, that we have more in common. We have to stay together, all of us, more and more. And we see this with Corona, how the world suddenly turned into oneness. Of course, there are split places here and there where people don't want to cooperate. 
and follow the rules, but, you know, they are who they are. But basically, we are all in a partnership. And then you have the next level above this, and we can go into the different continents. And the different continents have their different cultures. So we're still part of this partnership in the pyramid. And then we go on the next level, the third level. And here we go into the various groups, you know, like different cultures and various, you know, well, I say cultures and belief systems. And then you have a level of private, you know, families, friendships, you know, larger groups. Uh, of not individual, but larger groups of individuals, but they're all still together. And then we have partnerships, you know, very individual partnerships, like marriages, business partnerships, or whatever the partnerships can be. And that's what I'm going to talk to, about today. And the last, on the very, very top of the pyramid, we have you. And your partnership with you. How do you feel about you? And it goes back to that so much. When now you're top of the pyramid, it means you also here you're closer to God. Well, we all have put God up in the sky. I put God up in the sky, but with a big kind of thread down to you. And there within you. You have a source, a connection with that God energy, and that is your inner light, because to me, God is the God energy that I see as the white light, as the light. And that is what I'm talking about all the time, you and the light, you and this power that you have access to, you can use. Does love work in partnerships? Of course. Of course, love will have, you have to have love sometimes to start a partnership. Always. But this is, you know, it works. But love is, you know, many times forgotten in the practical day-to-day life where you are sick, you have to pay bills, you have to clean bathrooms, you have to deal with difficult teenagers, you know, all those things. And then, you know, there are all those expectations in partnerships. Expectations is not a good idea. I think that is a point that I have, you know, not brought up in my on my list here. And as I looked at my list just now as I was waiting for this show to kick in, I thought, my God, I put seven steps. That's 700 steps. There's so many more steps to walk, to go through, to make a relationship a good one. But I feel when I've seen relationships go bad and 
including in my last marriage where I got divorced, <laughs> which I never thought would happen in my life. It was the lack of communication. I know I love to communicate, but not always like the way I communicate. <laughs> you know, they feel they are so perfect already. You do not point anything out to them. And that is very often things that you have to bring up and talk about between you in the open. Not everyone wants to do that. And unfortunately, I see it more as the man in the partnership. He doesn't want to bring it up. And then when the wife says, oh, no, we have to go to the counselor. We have to sort this out. He'll say, well, I know everything I know. You go. And how many women have not gone to these counselors alone? I've had couples come to me also. And uh, I thought it would be a good idea. I already worked with a wife, and I felt, well, we need to bring your husband into it. And he said, and then the wife would say, well, he would come, but without me. So they have come, and they... We got along fine. We talked about this and that and everything. And I said what he had to change and so on. 100% of those men went back to their wives telling them that I thought that they, their wives were crazy. I never said anything of the kind, but they liked to put it that way, to feel only because I was nice, maybe, that they felt I was on their side. I'm always on the wife's side. I'm always on the woman's side. Because I feel a woman has been given the shorter end of the stick here, the shorter stick in, in our culture. She has a more difficult life in every way. We don't know it, but I see it. I see it in my consultations. I see it's just the way it So now you begin to feel that maybe there is something special about your communication. Well, the first thing about the communication is, do you want good relationship? Do you want it to be a good relationship? Do you care? Because if you care, you will work on it. And that goes for both sides, you know, for everyone. You want it to be a good relationship? Yes. You will work on that. Otherwise, if you don't want it to be a good relationship, why are you staying? And that is the decision many people have to do. They have to go through that. It might be decisions like, well, I have the children, or I have the house, or you know, I have a good life, <laughs> and you have all those things, or it's easier this way than going out in life. Uh, well, I'd like I hear men who say, well, I'd just like to have someone to come back to. They don't make an effort in any way. Or the women feel somehow, you know, oh, yes, he gives me a comfortable life. I have a better life with him than without him. And this is how many people live a partnership. So anyway, communication, number one, it goes back to nature. Nature communicates with us. 
Have you noticed that? Once you are very aware, you're spiritually open. You are not living in the limitation. You will begin to look at nature in a new way. And you see how nature is communicating with us all the time. You see it in the trees. They're telling you sometimes, this is, I'm feeling sick, and they drop their leaves. And the grass is needing water. It's thirsty. It turns brown, yellow. All this, they communicate. And we just, uh, we look at it, oh, grass is turning brown. I wonder why. You know, we are just so stuck in certain things. But everything, plants, animals, the earth itself communicates. The air communicates. We had a hurricane blowing through out in the ocean. It was going to Louisiana, not uh, going to Florida. It just passed by Florida. But when it was way down south, before it was coming to Florida, and I could smell it in the air, because hurricanes have a certain smell. I cannot describe it. It's kind of smells like ocean. It's like cleansing. It has, there is no word for it, but it's there. And it communicates to nature, to the animals, to people who understand, who have had the experience that they have had this smell before and seen the consequences. Ah, a storm is coming. We have to build shelters. We have to protect ourselves. So nature is there. So it's part of our natural system that we have to communicate with each other. And particularly in a partnership, you have to communicate. So how do you communicate? Well, you talk and you listen. Number two, you have to listen. You have to listen to your partner. You have to listen to your partner's feelings. Everything is a matter of of listening again. As you listen to your baby, you know, you're in a partnership with your baby. And the mother has been given this gift of intuition by nature to be able to understand and read a small child who cannot communicate. And she has developed this feeling, this listening ability through intuition. So... Listening is, is, is there for us. And I heard a group of women talk the other day uh, with each other, and one woman mentioned that she was okay with looking after her pets because the pets would tell her when they wanted to go out, when they wanted to eat, eat or drink, and she would listen to that, and she would understand that. But then she said, I'm not doing well with my plants. They're dying because I feel they don't talk to me. And then one of the other women made the comment. And I thought this was so great, and this is exactly the way I feel. And she said, but plants do communicate with you. You just never listened, (laughs) which means 
yes, the plants did try to tell you something, but you didn't notice. What did they do? Well, again, they were dropping leaves, or they were kind of hanging down if they were dry, they needed water. And all you have to do is just give them water. Or if you give them too much water, they don't feel well. If you give them too water, all you have too much water, all you have to do is to stick your finger in the soil and if it's wet or over damp, don't water until it's really dry. So they tell you everything is there for us to listen to, also with our partners. Partners have feelings. Do you listen to their feelings? And again, men and women in partnerships are so different. It's almost like a joke. (laughs) Men are very happy if they get their three things. What are the three things? Food, sex, and money. Money is actually their work. If they get that, they are so happy. It's very easy. Men are very easy to satisfy. Women are much, much harder to satisfy, to make happy, because they are more, they are so multi-complicated. <laughs> I would say that. They have so many differences. Sex, they say, comes number 14 on their list. Men don't even have a number 14 on the list. So we have something that we have to listen because we want our partnership to be a good partnership. Now in all this, there's something called pride. Pride, pride. What what does that tell? I mean, this pride that we have. I'm proud of something. And you have this in professional life a lot. I see professional partnerships with men and women where the women have a tough time getting through to the men because they don't want to listen, because they have their male pride. It's like they feel they want to know or they do know things better. I say this officially But I say it privately all the time. When I speak to men, they actually say, you're right. Yes, of course I am right. Men agree to that, not in front of a woman. (laughs) No, no, no. But it is actually true that in professional life, women have a tough time and have to move with golden gloves around the workplace not to hurt the pride of the male partner who decides that he's so much better in something and that he's working towards the promotion in every way. But, ladies, don't give up. Move on. Don't let it stay that way. Stay on course. Don't upset anything. Just do your thing and be proud of what you do and send light Send this light that I talk about so much and that I teach people to do. Send that to the situation, but still do your thing. Stand tall. And this is so important. You know, I have seen wives 
or that come to me, and their husbands that come to me, you know, different husbands, not necessarily those women who came to me. And the wife said, you know, I'm making so much more money than my husband, and I cannot tell that to my husband. And then I want to buy new things for a house, you know, buy pieces of art, and I buy new fancy furniture. And I have to lie to them and say, well, you know, I went to that house estate sale. I picked it up for $15 when it was 15000 you know. And the man goes along with that. <laughs> he believes it because he doesn't want her to be able to buy something that he couldn't afford with his salary. Sounds familiar in some families? Yes. Some families, particularly among the younger ones, no, this is not the case. But this I've seen, and I'm talking about the world now, about different continents. But you have it in this country and the United States just as much. So um, one man who came to me, I think I told this story before, and uh, he uh, came to me for an interview for you know some kind of task that I had when I was in, in the corporate world. And he said something about, uh, you know, I was calling up my wife, and you know, I have just called her on the private line before, but now today the private line didn't work for some reason. It was just disconnected. It was just not working. And I call up the office and ask them to connect me with her office. And they said, no, Mrs. So-and-so is, is busy on the line. Do you want to speak to her secretary? <laughs> he didn't have a secretary, and he practically wanted to have a divorce because of that. And that's what I mean about pride. So it's a different thing. And men, if you want to have a good relationship with a woman, a powerful woman particularly, swallow that male pride. You'll be perfectly happy if you start doing that at all times. And I know when I was married with my American to my American husband, he was actually a very good cook. But so was I. And we had when we had small parties, he would cook like his what he knew he knew like three dishes, three things. And they always involved a big steak, a big roast or something, which I, you know, not which I didn't eat because I haven't been much for red meat. But he made that fantastically. He knew what he was doing. And he made a great baked potato, you know, stuffed it with all the fattening things, I mean, cream and bacon and onions and everything else, and people raving over it. And I made the salad, you know. And that worked very well. Then we had big parties. I would cook for three days and make a buffet with absolutely divine food, and everyone was, you know, flying over that. They were just, it was the talk of the town. And uh, and my husband was so upset about this that I could cook so much, and he walked around and said, oh, those Swedish meatballs, they're nothing but deformed hamburgers, you know, things like that, because he couldn't stand the praise of all the good food that I had cooked. 
And that was, you know, sad to see that. And I see this many times that in many partnerships that one of the partners have to downgrade herself because she wants to make the other partner happy. That's not the way. So I I don't think that this is usually the way you talk, but people come to me for the problems, and I see this is what is out there. So stand tall, ladies. And if you are the man uh, who is kind of pushed down, stand tall, you too, you know, because there's no rule without exceptions. Then there's number four I put here. If you have problem in your relationship, give it a little cool-down period. Don't slam the door and you don't walk out and slam the door, you know, as soon as you have some kind of disturbance in your relationship. Cool down, like this man who had a wife with a secretary and and he didn't. Because of that, he wanted, you know, immediately to have a divorce. I told him not to, and maybe he didn't, but just that reaction, you know. So get over those big-time reactions. Get over it. Reflect and see where do you stand and also see where do you want to stand. What is your wish in all this? Just this kind of old-fashioned wisdom instead of running out for someone else to help you or running out just believing that you will this way solve a problem. Number five, respect. Respect, respect. Respect each other. Respect your your partner. And now respect you. And this about respecting you goes back to the previous one about the pride. You know, pride can be this and that, but if it's this kind of, uh, what shall I call it, biased pride, that's what, uh, you know, the bullying type of pride, that is the one I think you should forget. But we should all have a certain pride in, you know, that we should respect each other. And respect is very important. And I have to tell a story about uh, a friend that I had in England, London, England. And he had, uh, he was a neighbor, and we lived in this very nice neighborhood called Begravia in in London. And uh, we um, we were friends, very good friends, in fact, and uh, like what I call conversation friends, that you talk a lot with each other. And uh, he had all these glamorous women coming to see him. He had one stream of beautiful, long-haired, blonde women on high heels, not just like in the Trump administration. You know, one after the other coming to see him. And then he drove those fancy cars, one car after the other. He told me, I don't buy my cars. I lease them, but I have such an arrangement I can get two different cars a year. And these were, like, fashionable. 
he was a well-known man. His father was really well-known. And that hadn't been good for him in many ways because I think what had happened in all this, he didn't respect himself. And that was why he had to go out and have all those relationships with each other, with with other women, uh, with many different women. He told me once, and I said, why do you go out with all these many girls? Some of them are really nice. He said, you know, I cannot respect them. I don't respect them. How could I stay with someone I don't respect? And he said, number one in a relationship for me is that I can respect the woman I'm with. Eventually, he ended up with a woman, I heard, who was not a glamour girl. She was good-looking. Actually, she was a country girl in good aristocratic manner. She liked horses. <laughs> He's very big on horses. And uh, he liked that, you know. She called her genuine, and he called her someone he could respect because she went back to the nat- natural things about life. So, respect. Next thing, number six, don't overdo it. I hear this from a lot of both men and women. Yes, you know, I have this new friend, but, you know, she overdoes it. She treats me like I'm a baby. She patronizes me. I cannot do one thing without her kind of trying to do it for me. And I hear the same thing about women, that the men kind of, oh, they look after them. They don't allow them to do anything themselves. So don't overdo it. Don't try to please too much. Be natural. In the end, to be natural is the best. Just like this friend in London, the one he eventually fell for, was someone who was natural, and I'm sure, since she liked horses so much, she didn't fuss around him too much. He had to get his own coffee, so to speak. So I think this is the best, that you don't fuss around anyone. Don't take yourself like, oh, I have to please him or her. It can be very exhausting for some people. Of course, there are those absolutely love it too. So it's very hard to get a rule that suits everyone, and you know that. Number seven, be honest. Play a straight game. And where did I hear? Oh, it was someone on one of those talk shows, I think, who said, well, you know, he met this girl, and he liked. He wanted to have a, a girl who was a, an outdoors girl, into the sports, into the horseback riding, into bicycling. And when he met this great girl, he thought she was a great girl. She was gorgeous. She was everything he had looked for. And he wanted to hear if she liked, you know, being in the country and if she liked horses and dogs. And she said, oh, yes, darling, I love all that. So he married her. He found out she had never been on a horse. She didn't like dogs because they were just a pain in the neck for her to walk and to be with. 
he stood she stood for nothing, meaning she had been dishonest. She had just tried to play it to get, but not to maintain the relationship. Be honest. Play a straight game with your partner. And when you are in the relationship, don't lie. I don't think that you should, it's one time you should really not tell the truth. And I hate to have to say that. But if you had an affair with someone and you were married and no one knew about it, not one soul knew about it except for you and that other person. Don't bring it up. Don't bring it up. That's in the past. Don't mess with it anymore. It was a mistake then. Don't make it a mistake now. And I mean that seriously. I've never seen that being a good idea. Otherwise, be honest. Well, be honest. Don't go and have an affair in the first place. That is being honest. So that was point seven. But, you know, I can go on here and say even more. Like, have fun together. Number eight, get out. Do things together. Have some purpose together. This is very important. Some interest that you share. Share, like hiking. Have an outing. And enjoy that outing. It should be that he loves sailing and you hate sailing. But something you both love to do together. And then you say, well, I love opera. And I say, straight guys don't like opera. Don't try that one. No, try something that you both would like. Or even teach him something that you like. Or tell him to introduce you to something you know he likes but you know nothing about. Learn something new. Always just learn something new in life. Don't limit yourself. We shouldn't limit ourselves on the whole. I think we do that an awful lot. Don't we limit ourselves all the time? So joy, I say joy is one of the big factors you have to have in your life. Joy and the trust to something higher and better that wants to help you. And what is that higher and better that wants to help you? That God energy that you have within you, that light energy. This is that they called the first commandment. You know, we go back to the Ten Commandments. One used to teach those at school before, but it's now not allowed anymore because now we have so many traditions and so many cultures around. And I wonder, the Ten Commandments, do they have anything to do with any religion? If the Christians say, do not kill, does that mean that other religions can do that? But if the Christians, you know, they now say the Ten Commandments are Christian, and it says, do not steal, is that only for Christians? Can Muslims steal? You know, 
try to get the logic back in there. It's pretty good to have those Ten Commandments. If we lived according to those Ten Commandments, you should look them up, by the way. You can Google them. We would have a better world. And what is the first commandment in all this? You should have no other gods before me. Who says that? That power that I call the light. The love and light. And that is so true. If you put that love and light first in your life, you will have a very much better life. You will have a happy life. You will actually feel healthier. Because if you go to the doctor and doctor says, I think you have this disease, it could be very serious. And then you go back home and you start to make yourself so sick and you will actually make that disease that your doctor thought you had, or you might have, not that you had, but you might have before, you know, after they've taken your test and they know something more. So now you imagine you have that already, so now you're bringing in the darkness. But instead, if you, if you get this message from the doctor, or you may have something very serious, go back home and say, okay, I don't. No, I make myself not have that. And that is the, con- the relationship you start to have with yourself. It's between you and you. It's between you, your physical you, your mental mind you, and the godly you. You are so big time. There's so many energies in what and who you are. You are absolutely an amazing energy and you can do so much more of the good of the bright and of the light than you imagine and you can do that in your partnership also if you feel you're in a partnership that does not work well maybe you should just stop that one and move on and develop the partnership with your higher self And then somehow, automatically, you will find a new partnership that is more in accordance with your new energy. Everything is energy. Like attracts alike. That's how it has always been, and this is how it will always be. And that is the important rule in a relationship. Like attracts alike. If you're this way, that is the way things are going to be around you, and that's what it's going to come to you. So be positive. Be full of light. Be full of love and light, and it does really work. It makes you feel much happier and much more apt to have fun with your partner, if it is in business or if it is privately. Because somehow in this world, we are all in a partnership with something or with someone. So that's interesting to know. And we are now going to do a little meditation. As always, as you know, the ones who have been coming to me. And this is, uh, you know, these meditations are totally channeled. 
they're not written down and kind of edited and kind of we have looked for the right words. No, it's coming to me as I talk. And I always hear on the radio, use Stephen Halpin's beautiful music. And I play Gifts of the Angels. It's one of his CDs. And you have it on Amazon and you have it uh, on uh, his website, innerpeacemusic.com. I thank you very much for being with me today. And now take a little moment and relax and relax. This is Helena Steiner-Hornstein talking to you through blog, talk, radio. You are relaxing more and more and more. You feed your legs. There is a relaxing feeling going through your body, up into your shoulders, and you kind of stretch your shoulders just making you feel comfortable where you sit. And you take a deep breath, and you close your eyes. And should a thought enter your mind, a thought that doesn't belong to this moment, throw it out and just replace that picture of your thought with white, just with white, loving light. And now, you are so relaxed and you imagine yourself far, far away on the other side of this planet Earth. You feel so strong. You feel so in tune with something that you know resides within you and you have a feeling of a warm, loving, energy in your chest area. This is your I am light. Yes, this is your I am you. That creative power that is that God energy that knows all and feels all and sees all. You have access to this power right now. And you relax a little further. And now you realize it's nighttime. And you find yourself far, far away, standing under a big starlit sky. All the stars are twinkling and shining. And you are amazed how many stars there are in the universe and each star is representing a possibility, a dream, an idea available, available for you. And now suddenly you experience a feeling of love in your chest area and you look up in the sky and you see one of the stars is beginning to grow and grow and grow. And it's now turning into one big ball of light way up in the sky. 
and you feel so connected in your heart to this big light in the sky. You relax. You feel the connection. You relax some more. And you decide that there is a feeling of happiness beginning to be born within you. You look up in the sky again and you see this big ball of light. It's beginning to shift a little bit into a greenish, yellowish color. And it talks to you in a different way. You seem to understand it. You seem to receive messages from up in the sky. It enters into your chest area, into your spiritual heart. And you take a deep breath. You are more and more relaxed. More and more in harmony. I am. Yes, I am. I am me. I am, I am. I am and this is my way. I am me and this is the way. I want to be happy. I want to be successful. And I attract from now on. And now you have your partner. Where you are in a position surrounded by others at work, in a family, in a situation. And now suddenly you begin to feel how you're filling up yourself with a bright light. And when you look up in the sky, you see this big star that's turned into a big ball of light. It's now sending down a big, wide ray of light down upon you. It comes over you and it enters. It enters your physical body. It goes in through your head into your thoughts, into your mind. It continues down through your shoulders, into your heart, into your spiritual heart. And you smile. You just love to smile because now you know that you are a spiritual being living a human experience here on earth. And you, and you live in a partnership with all and everything. And you decide now that you want to have a good relationship. And you decide to accept that you want to have a good relationship. 
with you and with your world. You know, you win that way. You don't have to win over others. You win in your life when you start to give more of love and light to your surrounding. It it does work. As you give, you will receive back. It's the law of nature. It works that way. You are so relaxed, so totally in harmony with the one that you are. And you decide this feeling of harmony is going to stay with you. And it will stay once you remain in that feeling of love and light. The first commandment, put the light first, put the goodness, put the good first in your life. You want to improve your partnership? Make it a good one. And in this partnership, number one is that you make it a good relationship with you. Yes, you have to be a good partner with yourself. This is what it means to love yourself. Because when you love yourself, you will also love the rest of the world. This is the way it works, the way it has always worked. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. It's a classic. It is there. For you to know and to understand. Yes, within you, there is a place that knows all and sees all. And that is the truth of the one that you are. It's time for you to relax and feel that it's time to come back to here and now. When I count to seven, you are to open your eyes on seven. Number one. Number two. Number three. One, two, three. Number four, you love yourself still. You love the light within you. This unconditional, unconditional, non-judgmental, Love and light within you. This is not selfish. This is nothing to do with ego. No. This is the truth of love within you. The light within you. The God flame within you that you truly love. And that is what it's all about in a partnership. One, two, three, four, five. You trust this love and light energy. One, two, three, four, five, six. 
seven. And now you open your eyes again. And this is Helena Steiner-Holstein speaking to you yet again. And I wish you a very happy day. Make it a good day. It's up to me what's going to be. Be a good partner with yourself. It's fun. You have can have such a good time with this. Make you your best partner. And of course, now it fits in to have a good partner. That fits in with that idea of the light in your life. Helena Steiner Hornstein, my email Dr. D.R. Helena, info at yahoo.com. Four personal consultations and meetings and personal workshops and also workshops for your groups. Have a wonderful time. Thank you so much. Speaking to your heart and body-soul connection on the website. Thank you so very much. Bye-bye.